and welcome to another episode of Steel First Week with, of course, me, Steel Fur, on this lovely Friday afternoon um, where it is getting very warm in the UK, but thankfully today is slightly cooler. Um, I do have aircon, but things do get very hot. Um, if you've not watched any of these videos before, I am um, Steel Fur, otherwise known as Finbar. Um, I've played competitive card games for a long time. I've <laughs> played a lot of things. Um, I am also very much involved in various card game communities. I'm currently one of the um, coordinators for the Alpha VAR uh, LCG continuation project. So I'm always doing stuff like that, thinking about card games. And I like to talk about flesh and blood. Um, and I've been playing in a lot of events. I have nine skirmishes I've signed up to this month, um, some of which may get delayed because of COVID. But in general, I plan on playing in a lot of them, playing Chain, maybe playing Ira for reasons that you can see in my last video, where I think Ira is just way more consistent and therefore worth playing if you want to win. Um, and I have just recently acquired some Heron's Flight and Fine Center, which we can get very excited about um, because I didn't have them before and I traded a lot of cards for those. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't. My friends, I'm trading with friends, so um, they are trading with me at not the full price the market commands. We're trading um, with the assumption that they're not playing Ninja before Unlimited comes out and I want to play ninja before unlimited comes out and they're not that fussed whether they have a regular first edition um you know majestic as long as it's not a foil or something like that so thankfully not trading as much as those cards could command because these fine centers are bloody selling for like what 50 pounds on ebay or something like that so we're not we're not going that high um anyway the subject of today's video is kingdom speculation because monarch has obviously been out for a month uh, we had the James White interview where he talked a little bit about what people should expect from Kingdom. So I just want to throw out some speculation there, see if people agree or disagree, put out some ideas for things that could be in Kingdom um, and a bit of a reason as to why I think they should be that way and talk about um, the reasons that I think they could be that way. Um, and kind of like justifications for ways that things could be different. Um, while I talk, I'm going to put on... I've been doing a lot of gameplay commentary recently. Um, not gameplay commentary, just playing games recently. So I'm going to put on in the background this game, which I think is round seven of the Lucky Gaming um, um, tournament, which is um, Chain versus Ira. Um, you'll see here we're on turn one. I think I started the game. Or maybe he, I think he started the game. So this is my turn one. Um and I just didn't have the recording on straight away. So he attacked me turn one. I blocked a bit, took some, took one damage from a Kodachi, and then I came back with a Command and Conquer. Um, and I, <laughs> it was pointed out to me that my last video complaining about Ira, um, I beat Ira quite soundly. Uh, so in this video, I think this is one of the games that I lost, of course, to this very good player. I mean, you can see he's got his, his um, Findal, uh, he's got his Tunic, um, Spring Tunic, uh, uh, playmat which is of course a bit trickier to get so you know there we go anyway you can look at the game i think it's fairly self-explanatory just remember that of course the camera is reversed on my side on the chain side so if you see me playing cards in a weird order just reverse them and i'm playing them in the other direction as attacks um okay so let's talk about kingdoms while that's going on in the background um and then at the end of the video i'll just leave the video running until that's um until that's done so you can watch the rest of the match if you are getting engaged with it because i don't really want to talk for 25 minutes um so kingdoms is obviously coming out we have a little bit of spoilers um from the 
um what's it the card the dowsing amulet yeah the the rare foil looks like short printed card that's a yellow pitch that blocks one spell void um that people are quite excited about because it doesn't seem to be that common um, and that amulet has on it the text um in the heart of the forest the treasures of the kingdom lie hidden and then it has something about 2021 on the side so that very much is just a spoiler for kingdoms something to do with forests um and that kind of led people to believe that we may be seeing the 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 savage land talent um maybe savagery or whatever it's going to be called remember we don't know the names for the talents from all these different regions so it might be um savagery so let's let's just lay out a couple of different scenarios for kingdoms and whether i think they're more likely and what i think they're going to be like and whether they work out in 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 one way or another so my first theory and in fact the theory i believe strongest just based on the current evidence we have Okay, and this is kind of based because James White said in an interview that we shouldn't expect to see anything we haven't already seen in Kingdoms. It should be an it, it's going to be an expansion of what we've already seen rather than something new. And that makes me quite interested. He also said it was by hands down the best sealed experience or limited experience he's played, and it very much a set that he would expect people to keep boxes of on their shelves just so they can crack out and draft it again in three or four years' time. So that's kind of exciting as as I mean I love sealed so that's kind of exciting but I focus more on the fact that he said that we wouldn't be getting anything new now I personally take that to mean that we won't get any new talents right okay because you can't add a new talent without adding a new keyword you can't add a new talent without adding a new mechanic or something like that now he may have meant that we aren't getting anything like new like playing from banish or anything new like um you know just like new like like to that level or we might be getting say okay so for example we could get landmarks because we already have a landmark on the library and we could get mechanologist and we already have mech cards and then we wouldn't be getting anything new we'd have landmarks savagery and mechanologist right and that would fall into the we're not getting anything new category right but we'll get back to that prediction later if we take that prediction to mean that Kingdoms is going to be Shadow and Light again, which I think it very much could be and arguably should be, then we won't get anything new. Both the new Shadow and Light heroes will do what they currently do, play from Soul, play from Banished, just in different ways. And if that prediction comes true, then my class prediction for that set, just to get that out there, is that we will get all of the remaining classes that don't currently yet have a second hero, right? So that discounts Ninja, who, despite only having one um, proper adult hero, does have a lot of other hero options um, for things like Blitz. I don't think we're going to get another hero for Ninja just yet. I think Katsu is, is good and happy with, with where Katsu is. Um, but that does mean that we will get our Guardian, of course, who we just have Bravo. We will get our Wizard, who we just have Kano. And we'll get our Ranger, who we just have as Alien. We'll get those three. And then my other prediction which some people will disagree with, is that we're going to get an illusionist. So if we go shadow and light, we will get a, a light guardian. Obviously, guardian has to be light in my books. Um, it could be shadow. Some of the mangle art and things like that indicate that it could be shadow. But I think we will get a light guardian. And then there's two flex slots. I think we'll either get a light wizard and a shadow ranger or those two reversed. Because I think ranger and wizard could easily fit into either side. We don't really know where Volcor is going to fall on the whole light versus shadow thing 
And Wizards have a lot of power, they could definitely be on the good side, but some of the cards like Foreboding Bolt and Rousing Ether do kind of imply evil wizards. So we could very much see Shadow Wizard Light Ranger or Light Ranger Shadow Wizard. But my last thought is that we only just got Illusionist. She's still missing a lot of cards to bring her onto par with other classes and give her other ways of playing. And if they are doing this thing by giving every hero who only has one hero more cards, they may actually give us a Shadow Illusionist. So if we go Shadow and Light, I think it'll be Shadow uh, Light Guardian, Light Wizard or Shadow Wizard and Light or Shadow Ranger. I don't think either of those two classes matter. And then um, a Shadow Illusionist who can use the Phantomaclasms and the Phantasmifies but probably has like cards you can play from Blood Debt, like Illusions you can bring back from the Banished Zone, that kind of stuff. And kind of plays a little bit with, um, you know... Um, you know, with like avoiding blood debt by making their illusions soak it and something like that. You know, like that kind of thing. You know, like if you have illusions out, if you have an aura in play, you don't take blood debt damage this turn or something like that. You know, something interesting that your opponent can interact with, but you, you know, isn't just a, a dominating effect. So I think Shadow Illusionist makes a lot of sense because then that will bring Illusionist up to the same level as all the other classes who have had that expansion pack for them. The only one that will be lagging behind is Ninja. Um, because we will have just had Katsu and, and Welcome to Wraith and Crucible stuff for Ninja. However, I will say that I think of all the classes we've seen so far, Ninja is one of the strongest by itself. Um, and that may be the reason that it is so strong right now is that it has been preloaded with cards because it wasn't going to get cards. Right. So that's if we get Shadow and Light. That's kind of where I see things going. Now let's move away from the the... You know, if we get Shadow and Light, yada yada, to some more exotic predictions, because I think that's where the game could get interesting. Um, no, actually, before I move on, I want to make one more argument for the Shadow and Light prediction, which is it's very nicely contained, right? So if you imagine a, a new player getting into the game with Monarch, and if you imagine how you design and print sets for a year, it's very, very easy to imagine 2021 as being the year of Shadow and Light. So we get Monarch, we get Kingdoms, and then we get the new Crucible for all the Shadow and Light cards. And by the end of that, a new player who started collecting at Monarch picks up some Monarch, picks up some Kingdoms, picks up the third set, and has a really strong Shadow and Light base to build and play with for the next year as we go into the new cycle of talents. So it does make a lot of sense from a collectability standpoint and from a making people's investments worth it year on year if every year is paired with a specific set of talents. So Shadow and Light this year, Savagery and Mechanology next year, that kind of thing. Because that way you can collect for a year and even if you drop off, you don't have to go back to a year before to try and find bits from there except maybe some of the generics. And that way, it's a very self-contained environment. So that's kind of the other reason I think it's going to be Shadow and Light. Aside from his comments, I think it makes sense to expand on Shadow and Light properly with three sets before moving on and then expanding on another theme properly with another three sets. However, the existence of that third Crucible-like set does mean that really they could do whatever they want because they'll be adding a lot of cards to whatever they put into the first two sets to make them viable. And the thing you have to remember, and this is very important, is that... All of, the, all of the classes we have now, all of the ones that we've got from Monarch, aren't finished yet, right? They're very much not finished because, and this is what I want you to remember, 
and this is very important, something that I realized when I was talking to my friends on Wednesday and I wanted to share with people, is that you have to remember that kingdoms and monarch are designed with sealed play and limited play first and foremost, which means that any of these really interesting, really powerful cards, like, for example, Vine Center or Heron's Flight, which are brilliant in Constructed, but probably a little too complicated, a little too powerful, or a little too hard to pull off, um, aren't that good in sealed play. So just like with Crucible, a lot of those cards that are good for Constructed and not good for Sealed were put in that third set. That's the reason that third set exists. The third set, the expansion, the supplemental set, which isn't meant for drafting, exists to take all of these interesting but ultimately not good sealed cards for all the different classes and just take them and, and hold them in that to finish off the constructed experience. So in my head, everyone who's talking about, oh, this new Monarch class isn't strong, that new Monarch class isn't strong, and I've done it too, really needs to keep in mind that until we get that third set at the end of the year, the full constructed picture of what these classes look like hasn't actually been realized. So I, mean, I think that's kind of interesting to bear. So um, all of the shadow card guys, all of the light guys still have a lot of expansion left to go. Even if we don't get a second shadow and light set in Kingdoms, they will still be getting that top up in that third set at the end of the year with lots of very, very interesting cards like your Fine Centers, like your Heron's Flight, um, your Mangles, your Stamp Authorities. Uh, I'm trying to think what are the other examples. Wizards got Gaze the Ages. That's not a great um sealed card i think in my mind you know it's a great card you probably can play it in sealed but it doesn't do you damage it doesn't really advance your game plan it's not the best of sealed cards um but you know really really good and constructed when you set it up for it so keep that in mind um as we talk about things even if they don't put out a second shadow and light box with the addition of that third set and all those new constructed cards there will still be hope for all of our shadow and light heroes that we like to get an expansion but what if they do something else because the existence of that third set creates the possibility that all the classes we know are going to get another decent chunk of cards that will make them more competitive and more playable. They may not need a load more new shadow generics and light generics to make that happen. They may just need the addition of that third set. And if LSS think that, then Kingdoms could very easily just have two new talents um, and then all four of those talents are going to get expanded in the end of year set um, much like we've just been talking about Shadow and Light getting expanded. That could happen. Now, we aren't going to see... James White was very clear that we aren't going to see anything new being added to the game in that set. Now, we can take that a lot of different ways. We can take that as, and I kind of already said this, as nothing new in terms of like playing from Banished Zone or Soul or anything like that. But, you know, what is a set if it doesn't have something new in, right? You know... Um, you're not going to add a talent and then not have it do anything. So that's kind of an interesting question mark. But within the game, we do have some indications of things that could come that have already been added, so they aren't new. James White may in fact be baiting us, um, but aren't widespread yet. I'm talking about a few things. So firstly, the... Comprehensive Rulebook has two new additions. One I mentioned in my video on the Comprehensive Rulebook, which is 
a ways back, the one talking about whether or not mentors and um, and fables were going to be allowed in because they specifically were mentioned as not being included. Um, thankfully, it has been clarified they are allowed to be played in Blitz text. It would have been silly if they hadn't been. But in that video, I pointed out two interesting things. The first thing was that the rules have been added to allow for additional cards in your arsenal. And the second thing that has been added is the, the landmark card. Um, and the landmark card type. Remember the landmark? We only have one. Uh, but the rules for landmarks are that if I play my landmark, it destroys any existing landmarks in play. And then, of course, it seems like they have a rule for their own destruction built into the card. Um, so let's expand on what those two things are and who we think those two things could work for. So firstly, we have the idea of um, a second arsenal, which is obviously, you know, would be very good for ranger. Um, but we have to ask, you know, is that in there as just a ranger equipment that might be coming up in the next set, which could fit into the shadow and light ranger? Or would it fit into, you know, a ranger of any description who just got the right equipment? And that might just be a generic ranger equipment that will come out in the next set that will allow for a second arsenal and make ranger a lot more consistent because then they can have a trap in their arsenal and an arrow in their arsenal and maybe they have ways to get traps in their arsenal and become a lot better. And that's what we want from ranger. But it could also not be a ranger specific thing. It could be a new uh, mechanic for a new talent. So it'll be in the game already. We've got the rules for it, but it's not new. Um, so James White can get away with saying what he said. Um, and what, I guess, what region would that feel like? To me, okay, so let's break this down. To me, um, I see Landmark as belonging to the Mysteria region, right? Um, or is it the Mysteria region? Is it the Aria region? The Guardian region, basically. I feel like landmarks belong will belong to the Guardian region, but could also belong to the Ninja region. We see a lot of, and this is important, we see a lot of the Ninja artwork focuses not necessarily on the Ninjas themselves, but on the area and the location that they live in. And the same with the Guardians. We see a lot of their artwork focuses not on Guardians themselves, but on statues, You've got Rouse the Agents, which is basically a Guardian card, uh, Towering Titan. You've got a lot of these indications that in these places, the location is as important as the person. So we could have a ninja and a guardian um, sharing that keyword for, um, for landmark use, right? Um, and whether that would be Aria or Mysteria, I don't know. I think personally Mysteria is either going to be Spirit or Air. I think um, God, the Aria region is, you know, seems to be more inspired by like stories and music. So it could be a sort of a Sonic or it could be, a, you know, um, I don't know. It's kind of like a sound or a, yeah. Something based on either sound or location or culture or spirit, uh, not spirit, um, like energy. I don't really have a good a good name or idea for the Guardian one, but it seems to me that Landmark, ha with that in mind, seems to come from either one of those two regions. Um, like just for example, Fine Center. You know, you can see I've used this card quite a lot in this video, but the focus is on the location as much as the person. And the same with Heron's flight. Like the bird is there, but it's about where he's flying through. So um, I think it could go either way, um, or it could go into both. 
but I just mean that that is an indication of that would be something new that we've already seen but being expanded on. Um, so we could see either one of those as a talent in Kingdoms, um, and it would, you know, Kingdoms locations would make kind of sense. Um, I'm not super hot on the landmark design, and I'll briefly talk about why. Um, ba basically, if I have a really positive effect on a landmark, right? So the landmarks are either going to be good or they're going to be bad. If they're going to be good, then you're going to want to play them in your deck, and they're going to have a big influence on your deck, right? And you're going to have other cards that kind of key into them. If they're bad, you're not going to play them. That's fine. Um, so if they're good, then having one in play will greatly benefit me. If my opponent can destroy it by playing their own, then if theirs is also good, then the pendulum swings quite heavily from my beneficial effect to their beneficial effect. So not only does their card advantage get to destroy my beneficial effect, it also gets to get their own, which is quite huge in terms of card advantage in a game where you only draw four cards a turn. This is one of the reasons... So landmark the the design of when this enters play it destroys another one is not new to card gaming um netrunner had them for years in terms of the forms of currents and when i play my current your current is destroyed or if you score in a, th there was another way for the currents to be destroyed that was not important but um you know it's very common for people to run currents just to destroy their opponent's currents and when your opponent's current got destroyed then you'd have a massive benefit because yours would now be in play um, and that's a very dangerous design space. And ultimately, this is the interesting part, the currents were actually all banned from the new fan continuation Nisei project because it was deemed that they were just too good for that reason, because they replaced a beneficial effect for your opponent with your beneficial effect. Um, so I'm very wary of the current rules text on landmarks and how that's going to work out. Flesh and Blood seems to be a great game so far, so obviously willing to give LSS the benefit of the doubt, but... I'm slightly worried about that. But that could just be an indication. So we could have um, an, um, a Mysteria or an Aria-focused um, talent where both heroes would care about landmarks, and we could have Ninja and Guardian on that side of the fence. Um, I think we could also have Savagery, the Savage Lands, the Kingdoms, um, the, the Dowsing Amulet does look a bit like a bit of a jungle or a forest. We could very much have Savage Lands in there. I think Savagery makes perfect sense for that. Um, and within that, we could have um, a Ranger. I think we've already seen in indications of a Savage Ranger. Um, we could have a Savage Guardian. That would work fine, I think, in terms of class feel and big attacks and stuff like that. Um, and we could have... Um, savage wizard kind of shaman kind of thing but i don't know if we've seen indications of that but you know shamanism certainly in fantasy um games traditionally is associated with things like lightning and fire um so you know you can think of shamans in world of warcraft and things like that as an inspiration so seeing a shaman use chain lightning from the the Kano school of things wouldn't really be that surprising though hopefully if they do decide to add something like shaman they won't just go down that easy fantasy route and they will go towards a more um, nuanced view that is more culturally based in the origins of shamanism and not just well they heal people with magic and they summon lightning from their hands because that's a bit reductive um, and one of the things that we're trying to avoid um, you know because there's so much of a deeper lore regarding shamanism and things like that coming especially from um central america and things you know and th those kind of regions that could be tapped um in a very culturally aware way to create a much richer talent if they do decide to add shaman as a class in this game which would i think would be cool but i don't just want to see it as um, a savage wizard is a shaman you know but um that could be a route that they explore um 
And then I think aside from that, we just have Mechanologist. Um, it's really hard to say what classes they would pair with Mechanologist. Um, Mech Warrior seems to be a bit of an easy win, but I don't really want them to do that because we've got enough warriors. And um, also just that's just so tropey. Um, you know, I'm I'm fully on board, by the way, with the idea that Mech is a talent and not a class. It just makes perfect sense to me. Um, we've got a boost mechanic that will work for all mechs. We have the items. Um, boost to me feels very much like Blood Debt. Boost to me feels very much like Soul. It just feels like something that could work in a lot of different classes and that Dash just uses in her own special way with her own items. Um, I very much see that Boost could just be a cross um, a cross theme spec. Um, so I'm fully on that bandwagon. So we could just see Mech. We could see um, thing. The only other class I think would be interesting is that we could get a Savage Shapeshifter. Um, I think that would work really well in terms of theme and class expansion. So I think if if we were to get something that wasn't um, Shadow and Light um, in Kingdoms, I think I would very much go for Savagery, and I would very much go for Mechanologist. And again, I think we will see the classes that do not have more than one hero. I think we could very easily see a Savage Guardian, big attacks, you know, some special keyword. I think we could very much see a Savage Shapeshifter, which would essentially be a a kind of brute... No, it would, would essentially be a kind of druid feel, because it would be a Savage Shapeshifter. And it would let them add Clark cards for Shiana, for example, and make her more playable. So we wouldn't be seeing something new. We'd be seeing another Shapeshifter class, which, again, we've already seen in Shiana, and it would have some tie to the Savagery. So... Um, you'd be able to change your weapons um, to different forms and things like that, maybe, or you'd be able to play, um, you know, these beast attacks that have more strength if you're in a certain form or that kind of thing, shape-shifting druids. Um, and again, because we're trying to think about that little line that James White was allowed to say, which is not much was going to be added that was new, adding a new shapeshifter, again, not adding something new, just adding new cards for an existing class. So, you know, we could we could be going down that route. Um, so we could do Savage Ranger, Savage Shapeshifter on the Savage side. And then on the Mech side, I mean, what would we really see? You could do a Mech Wizard. I mean, Lightning and and Gadgets kind of go together, um, you know, boosting to Banish and then having ways to play um, those boosted cards for more Go Again or something like that would be interesting um, as a way to get the Go Again that um, Wizards need to do their chain combos. So, like, for example, I could play a uh, an arcane you know lightning spell and then boost to get go again and then play like um you know chain lightning and then you know like it, it would work boost would work with with wizard combos and then we could just get what was the other class that doesn't have a second hero it's ranger guardian wizard and i think that's it actually i think the rest so I actually went back to check my notes, and uh, what I had written down was Savage Guardian, Savage, Savage Shapeshifter, which would basically fill the Druid sort of role, uh, Mech Ranger and Mech Wizard. Now, I think Savage Guardian, Mech Ranger probably makes sense, but you could also switch those, have a Savage Ranger, Mech Guardian. I don't know if Savage Wizard makes sense, though we have kind of already talked about the idea of shamanism and things like that in terms of other, other ways you could approach magic um, in the environment. But I think really that's my prediction. I think there's a really strong indication that we'll get more Shadow and Light. We won't get anything new. Um, I do really like the idea. It's kind of just a wrap up. I do really like the idea of yearly cycles focusing on those 
um, different talents. So Shadow and Light 2021, two more in 2022. By the end of the year, you have a really developed um, meta of those talents. So you've got the, you've got the, you know, you've got a fully fleshed out eight heroes with those Shadow and Light talents, plus maybe some more in the Crucible, the third set. And you really have some interesting stuff going on there. So, you know, I think that 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 is how I prefer it to be, though I do understand the the downside of that approach, which is that if people do not like shadow or light, then they can feel kind of like anti-theme for the year. But you can't please everyone. So I think it would be better to have... Because then, of course, you have the added bonus of if I buy Monarch and I buy Kingdoms, I have these massive pile of generic shadow and light cards that I can use to build decks in either and that really helps new players getting into the game every year. So I think that makes sense as an ongoing cadence of three sets a year, three sets exploring the same talents every year, then lots of overlap between the sets. And if a new player gets in in 2024, when we're doing our, you know, um, we'll say fire and light, no, fire and wind sets, you know, and everyone's buying fire and wind, then they can just buy fire and wind too and not be as a bigger disadvantage. So with that final thought, I'm going to leave you. Um, of course, if you've watched this far, thanks for watching. Um, as always, I'm reasonably surprised the number of people who actually stick around to the end of the video. So you guys are my, um, I won't say diehard fans, but at least uh, people who like listening to my voice. Um, as always, if you like this video, please do hit like, please do subscribe. That lets me know I'm doing a good job. If you have other content you'd like me to talk about, um, if you're just happy subscribing for some gameplay, some meta, some sort of industry um discussion as to why people are doing things and what things are going with from my own perspective um then please do subscribe and let me know that you're enjoying it um and that is a sign to me that i am doing a good job and of course if you are watching this or listening to this on the podcast this is one of the episodes i will upload to the podcast um feel free to like and share that with people as well thanks a lot and talk to you all soon.